0: This podcast is sponsored by Huboo, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Huboo.
1: Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in the Podcast, Robin's Review. We're into the hat for the fifth round draw, but a replay in Nottingham awaits. It was a fairly dominant and controlled performance, with the big exception of not having a shot on target. Saying that, Forrest only registered two, but neither actually tested Max O'Leary in goal. Once again, we have gone toe-to-toe with a Premier League side, with a massive wage bill and not looked out of place. These three words were lacking killer instinct and his synopsis in a thoroughly entertaining nil-nil draw both teams lack the killer instinct when presented with really good chances in front of goal often missing the target altogether city's patterns of play are really developing and forest struggled for large parts of the game to cope with us if we can find that killer instinct, we could cause some problems in the rest of the season. And Matt is with me. And Matt, you were at an awards ceremony in Sunderland, watching the game from your table on Bet365. And you uh, think you managed to watch most of it. But more importantly, how did the awards dinner go? Yes. Yeah,
2: so um, it was one of those that had been arranged for ages. My team had, had been nominated Um and obviously, being a Friday night, I'm thinking happy days. We have got Coventry on the Saturday, um, no drama, so accepted it. Um, made, as I was gonna say, made my team put strongly to my team that we should all be there as we were nominated. And then obviously the the tournament events with the cup. Um, so I was then sat on the table, a table with our chief operating officer, um, and had to sort of say right from the get go, please don't think I'm being rude to the whole table, uh, <laughs> but I will have my phone on the table and I will be watching the game. Um, so yeah, we did, we didn't win. We um, slightly disappointed, but a good, a good night. And uh, yeah, I was uh, very, very, very drunk. So um, whilst <laughs> I watched whilst I watched the game,
1: <laughs> I might go,
2: oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, that happened. Yeah, yeah.
1: well, well, I and mean, this will be driven heavily off of the mini highlights on the BBC because unfortunately, I was also very, very, very drunk
2: you were there though i was there <laughs> you in, did start off at the Mardi curly did you
1: i was there in body absolutely <laughs> yeah i remember remember the, some of the key moments let's hope that our uh our third person on this he, podcast he definitely will. wasn't no very very drunk <laughs> poor binning how how did you find the game Do you able to see it with your own eyes I
3: was, yes. I was very much driving, so I'm recovering from a heavy Thursday night, so I didn't even, uh, didn't even <laughs> engage in a pre-game pre uh, point, pre- uh, so... Definitely. Yeah, I thought Yeah, I thought, we it was quite impressive without, as, yeah, as we said at the start, that killer touch, unfortunately. I thought we controlled the first half, I thought mm-hmm. second half, they came back into it a little bit more, but without, I never really felt too worried or too under threat, I don't think, particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just uh, so I was at three games now, two... Draws and a win against Premier League opposition, and I know it's one-off games, isn't it? But it just shows you can sort of play at that level when you play at your top of your game, and you can you can cope.
1: Yeah, Matt. For me, it's uh, I I think we we do quite often in the past and and now up our game against that sort of opposition.
2: Yeah, and and I think we do especially at home. Um, you know, in in cup games over the years, we we've always put up a good performance. I think this year. You know, you're also talking the West Ham sort of games um, were against a team sort of sixth in the league. Um, Forest have have had their struggles, but again, they've got an awful lot of talent in their squads. I mean, the amount of turnover of players under Steve Cooper um, and now Nuno. So, you know, you can't can't make light of the fact that not only have we gone toe to toe, I actually think we've been the better team in all three games. Mm. Um, other than sort of a period of time for for West Ham, so yeah, no, you you know it's it's a shame that we couldn't put it to bed, um, because you know you do wonder then whether your chance is gone a little bit because it will be tough away at the City Ground. Yeah. Um, it's not an easy venue there at all, and they'll they'll be
1: sort of packed. But yeah, you you can't fault the effort again. Great, great. Okay. A few bits of uh, non-forest match action for you before we start. On that, Um, we made a sign-in in uh, in the week uh, or last week, whenever it was. Uh, It's a 19-year-old, Josh Stokes, and I've got a little report here from an older shot fan. Very physical and excellent at both playing killer passes and hitting the back of the net. Good attitude and willing to learn all of the time. Bit of a lowerly Kevin De Bruyne. Ex-Shots man Brian Tinian sorted the transfer, which includes Stokes staying with us until the end of the season plus a pre-season friendly at the rec. Bit of a risk for you as he has not yet played a full season full time, but considered to be the best number 10 in non-league and the non-league forum. And that's on the non-league forum, I should say, um, which includes teams such as Chesterfield, Oldham and Barnett fans. So uh, your thoughts, Paul, on on that sign-in? Again, it's one to cook at the HPC, but uh, looks exciting on the highlight reels.
3: Definitely does, yeah. I got. A- I got a friend who's an older shot, seems to get old as well as old as well as Arsenal. So I think he, Arsenal takes priority. But yeah, he just said he's got loads, loads of potential. Um, works hard, composed on the ball, doesn't get barged off it. I mean, he's a big guy for for a number ten type player by the looks of it. So he looks quite physical. Um, I, I mean, I I've been on record before. I'd, I'd like to sign three, you know, more of these sorts of players. If you're signing two, three, four players at quarter 400,000, whatever it is. It only takes one of them to come off, even every two years, and you've you've really done a job there in terms of the finance and in terms of what they can bring to a team. If you look at the likes of Scott and Semenio. so yeah, high potential. I think it's sensible to loan him back. He was obviously settled there. He's only just moved himself, obviously, from Sudbury mm-hmm. Town in the summer. So, um, and obviously Manning has worked with him before, albeit a long, long, long time ago when he was at Ipswich. Was it I think before? Yeah, sure. yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I don't know if that came into it at all. because I think we were actually linked with him. I first heard his name a couple of months ago, just sort of whispers. So it was obviously we've been we've been watching him all season. I do know I saw the highlights when they played Stockport, I think it was in the second round of the FA Cup, and he looked like the best player on the pitch. And that's for lead two leaders. So if that's if that's a sign of where he is, mm-hmm. then that's obviously a, yeah a good potential. Maybe what we saw as well.
1: Yeah, Matt, it's it's going to be a big step up for him for him from Sudbury all the way up to Bristol City in the space of uh, a very short space of time, but. You know these some sort of players. Sometimes it can it can work, and I'm sure that'll be the case for Josh. Yeah, I mean, I think
2: it is that old adage: if you, you're good enough, you're old enough,
1: um, and you know you,
2: you you go back. And I'm, I'm not comparing him um, to the same qualities, but look at Wayne Rooney when he did what he did at his age. So I don't I don't necessarily see the age thing as being um, you know anything to hold him back. I do kind of think. I'd be interested to know from Tins and Liam Manning when they see him potentially challenging for a first-team spot, because you've also got um, Adam Murphy as well coming in, mm. and you've also got Iman Benarous coming back to fitness. You know, fingers crossed for
1: him, especially on Adam so, you know, it's Murphy. Kind of... Just very where we touch on that, do you know when he's expected to appear in the under-21s? Because I, I don't no, think I he don't... has yeah, has he? Is he injured? Or I
2: don't not not that I know of. Um, okay. But again, what what you don't want to do, and and that's why the, I think Paul's point about Stokes loaning him back and him still playing, you you don't want him sort of coming here and not really getting any kind of match match action at all, do you? Mm-hmm. So, but it it will be interesting to see. Absolutely, again, agree with Paul in terms of making that kind of sign-in, paying that sort of money, makes sense with where we are and what we want to do. So, um, and he seems very much a Liam Manning kind of player, but you know, mm-hmm. if Scott Twine were to sign in the summer as well then you do kind of think well yeah Yeah. probably stokes and it could be one of those patch where it's yeah we've got him in and then we'll loan him out to league one for a season Mm. um you know it's it's just one of those that sometimes you've got to take that opportunity to get a player in when you know you know if the likes of brentford and man city have been sniffing in um, you know, he's, he's come to us probably for more game time, you would think. That's the um, thing but for it's me. An exciting Brent, signing,
3: yeah. Brentford and Coventry are two pretty good clubs to be marking who their recruitment is. And if they yeah. were both after him, and it's, it bodes well for me. I yeah, think, absolutely. um, just on Murphy, I think I saw something from Dave Febb where he's, he suggested he's more a six to an eight rather than an eight to oh, an on right, Murphy. Okay. So I don't know what he's seen in that, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. Benarus is a bit forgotten about, it, isn't he? And it's interesting if you've yeah. got Metty and
1: Twine what potentially. A story. And Berth- what a story that would be when Benaroos comes back on that pitch after what he's been through that yeah, left.
2: It is oh, yeah. you know, you look at Ross McCrory um and you know, understanding what he's been through, you know, Iman's been through something, you know, so terrible for him the last couple of seasons that yeah. he's just one player I really, really hope can get back, get back fit, but then he's able to show what he's about. Cause lots and lots of fans who've seen him play over the years. Sort of said he, he had more potential than Alex, you know, and look at what he's doing. Um, so yeah, I, I really hope for him and that he's able to to come back strong.
1: Talking of bad injuries, uh, we have to congratulate George Elikobi, um on uh, from Maidstone United putting one over on Ipswich Town. Um yep. I hope the fan who sort of fell off the top of the stand. Wow. Is feeling okay this morning. That, I
2: hope the fan that was under it is feeling okay. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that really could have been. Yeah. Life-changing, difference. if yeah. not anything else, wouldn't it? And I didn't know from looking at the footage whether it was almost a little bit deliberate. It looked it It looked, it, it? It looked a yeah. bit staged, didn't it? Because he's kind of rolling and not frantically yeah. trying to stop himself. So yeah, I mean, yeah, hopefully that's not the case. But yeah, you hope you hope that they're all um, they're all okay. But you're right, Patrick. I mean that that for me is why the FA Cup is what it is. Um, I think Ipswich had 38 attempts at goal with wow. 18 and 19 on target mm. and Maidstone had two and scored with yeah. both of them <laughs> well um,
1: and, and great goals as well absolutely fantastic yeah. Brilliant. goals yeah and brilliant. on back on to Ella Kobe he did an amazing speech after the last game he did a great one in the car park I think it was yeah, before did, the yeah, game yeah. for this and his Bristol City career lasted 40 minutes back yeah. in 2012 yeah. with a horrendous fractured ankle i think it was uh remember Wouldn't that it'd be great yeah. if
2: if they drew wolves
1: away yeah well yeah because of
2: his mm-hmm. you right, know yeah. um I, I really hope for them they do get a big draw though just because it, they deserve it from, from getting City in. at home <laughs> well <laughs> you know i mean yeah if if, if we can get through it, that 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 would be a really nice draw, wouldn't it? You'll get T that without a shadow of a doubt, they will be the next TV game on. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's, um, as you said, I think it's Craig, Craig Fagan there as well. Patch? Craig Fagan Ex- is
1: his assistant Played for us in yeah. 2002, seven appearances, one yeah. goal. Uh, so yeah, Elakobi and Fagan, uh, good luck to them in the next round. And also today, as we record this on Sunday, we've got, uh, Seb Palmer Holden playing against Man United. Hopefully if he's, uh, selected, yeah. I'm sure he will be, so yeah.
2: That'd be interesting. I'm pretty sure Craig Fagan made his debut away
1: at Preston and mm-hmm. I was there. I might have to look at that to see but I don't know yeah. why that stuck in my mind, but yeah. Well, Craig um, Fagan's first appearance for Bristol City was away at Tranmere. Uh, was it Tranmere, was it? Did he play against Preston? Can you see the games he played? Uh, I can't bear with. <laughs> Preston? No, unfortunately not. T- he must be T- team team, T- team T- in White, Matt.
2: Team T- T- in White in it definitely <laughs> went Tranmere I was watching, but... <laughs>
1: um yeah just check out made
2: the debuts away at preston
1: <laughs> no. yeah okay um matt how are you out of 10 you recovered from friday recovered from friday long, long
2: train ride back yesterday
1: um mm. from durham um but yeah no it was, a, it was a
2: cracking night friday um and yeah so i'm probably a good eight mate if i'm honest
1: okay yeah i had a good night friday as, as i said uh yesterday went to watch the bears versus bath which was a, a a very high-scoring game, lots of excitement. We uh, had people sort of absailing off of the dolman stand and all sorts. It was kicking right off pyrotechnics <laughs> galore. Lots of points, lots of uh, yellow cards, and and yeah, enjoyable experience. Bit of
2: a surprise victory for Bristol in terms well, of current form.
1: Yeah, because Bath are obviously doing very well, but yeah, certain, it was the the two. Yeah, two. They were down to thirteen at one point. Bath. Yeah, oh,
2: yeah, two yellow. I think
1: yeah. uh, the manager of Bath was sort of holding that as a big reason. But yeah, yes. it was good. It was good. Enjoyed it. Um, and then yeah, last night, few few beverages. Uh, again, and uh, the mocha in Downend and tamarind in Downend. Give a shout out to them for, for excellent service and food. Uh, stick sticking with the karahi, the lamb karahi. Nice. Yeah, uh, I've sort of settled on now. And uh, absolutely fine this morning, so all good. Which is
2: good, because I know you can be a little <laughs> bit
1: delicate. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, Paul Binning. Yeah, probably say the same. I think um,
3: continuing with the theme of Indians, I'm kind of watching them collapse against England, which is always good to see, especially out there. <laughs> um, just a to touch on the rugby. I heard um, Pat Lam on the radio last night saying Steve Lansdown pulled him aside before the game last night and was talking about he'd like to return to the days he was... Much more entertained watching Bristol, something along those lines, like what he wants an entertainment factor back or a wow factor. We certainly I certainly had that yesterday. 100 point <laughs> game in the first game, but yeah, very much Steve Lansdowne's way of doing things, isn't it? Just a little uh, little yeah. note in there, but um, good,
2: good well, yeah, coaching, good coaching from Steve, yeah, indeed.
3: <laughs> 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 no, it's fantastic to see. I get people too, as well as no, as fans who moan, always moan about Bristol sport and the rugby and the women's team and everything else affecting City because that's all they think about and care about but to see sort of fifty-two thousand in across two days and then i think there's another 10 twelve thousand two today for the for women's fixture which, i mean that's exactly what steve Lansdown has built this project for isn't it to get that sort of numbers of people into the area and you know all the economic benefit and everything else it brings to the area so yeah. personally yeah, i have seven and if we can pick up these last three wickets,
1: definitely an eight or an even in line okay well we keep us updated throughout the <laughs> podcast uh um, so I've got a little bit of a, about, I think it's about a 10 minute interview to put in now. Uh, so I went and met Steve Suter, who runs a Facebook group called Football, Old Football Photos. And I don't know if you guys are aware of it, but it's yeah, a mixture that, of yeah. Bristol City, Bristol Rovers, uh, pictures from, from days gone by, but also amateur football as well. So And it's been building and building and building, and he does it for no, no gain whatsoever. It just brings back memories and generates conversation. So uh, here's me with Steve a couple of days ago. I'm out in Kingswood, Bristol with Steve Souter. Now, Steve has got an awesome Facebook group uh, called Football, Old Football Photos. And I'll post the link up on our Twitter page. For everyone to go over and follow it. But um, Steve, first of all, before we talk about the Facebook group, tell us a little bit about, about yourself. I understand um, you were quite a footballer in your day and a big City and Rovers fan. So uh, tell us about growing up. Where did you grow up, first of all?
4: Well, I grew up in High Ridge. Um, I used to uh, go down and watch um, Bristol City. I was just down behind Mike Gibson's goal every, every other week. And uh, I dreamt of um, playing for Bristol City. And I eventually did manage to get um, on their books in 1969. I played for the Colts in goal. And um, Ray Cashley was my left back at the time. (laughs) Wow. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, so we we played together. And uh, he was a good fullback um, and midfielder, Ray Cashley. But uh, what happened was um, the week after, Mike Gibson uh, got injured. Len Bond broke his arm. Jock Mahoney was uh, ill, and they were really struggling for uh, a keeper. Mm. So, because Ray Cashley was uh, an apprentice down there, um, John Sillett um, took him to the reserves and played in the reserves, and he was outstanding. Um, And then he eventually got into the first team, (laughs) and as you know, ended up in the first division.
1: Wow, what a story. I didn't realise that. And obviously... uh... Famously scored that goal as well.
4: Yeah, yeah, he kicked it out. We had the win behind him, but uh, he scored from uh, kicking the ball out, yeah. Brilliant. Um, So your football
1: career from there, where did you go?
4: Um, I went to um, High Ridge. I played for them. Then I went to Bemsterdam Boys Club. Mm. And then from there, I went to um, Bath City. Um, Arnold Rogers was the manager at the time, and he he took me on. Um, He took me all the way to Andover, um, one uh, one Saturday, and my name was in the program. But when I got into the dressing room, he said that I wouldn't play. And Mike Ferris was uh all oh, right. that night. Okay. So I was I was a bit upset about that. But uh, Arnold did me a favor. It was it was Arnold that recommended me to the city, and that's how I got down the city ground.
1: Right. Okay. um Obviously, Dave Mogg as well would have been probably around the goalkeeping. Yeah, spot. he was an
4: apprentice down there at the time. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know Dave. He comes to our reunions. Brilliant. Nice chat.
1: Oh, fantastic. So just tell us about this Facebook group then, because it's grown arms and legs. I think looking at get a minute ago, it's got about 7,000 people looking on it every day. Yeah. It's just, and uh, it's someone tagged me in it, I want to say three or four years ago, yeah. with a picture of me, Hitman Warner Sends Saints Top was a, was the headline. And, yeah. and I've, I'm addicted to it now. And obviously lots of images from amateur football, professional football coming through there. But how did you get involved in that?
4: Well I I wrote a book about the Woodcock Shield um, and I had so many uh, pictures from people that uh, I I needed to go into the book, Mm. you know I met so many people and I I had a big collection of um, team photos and uh, Jim Brown had started up this group and um, I worked with Jim and and he said I'd like you to come on as uh, an admin. Mm. And then he handed it over to me. Then so straight so, away, yeah. <laughs> I'm so, off. Bye. <laughs> yeah, because I had so many photographs to put on. Yeah, and uh, I used to ask people to send in team photographs, and mm. it just went from there. So yeah, yeah. that was about 15 years ago. Then.
1: And then you're now clearing out some some old newspapers and things like that. But before they're yeah. cleared out, they're scanned and images put up onto the Facebook group.
4: Yeah, um, a chap I know was. Um, selling his uh greenens that he'd kept from 1963 wow. right up to when they finished in 1979 yeah um rodney Hallbrook, and uh i asked him how much he wanted and uh he said well i was looking for a hundred pound and i said i'll have them and he lived at Severn beach and I, I went all the way to Severn beach and i opened the garage door <laughs> And it was absolutely full <laughs> up at the back of the carriage. Oh, my God. How many are we talking? Thousands? 700. Oh, Christ. Yeah. So um, he said, uh, a, a chap has, has got the um, the order ones. Mm. Um, he said, but um, I'll, I'll get on to him and then you can pick them up. Wow. I said, I oh, it's back to time. I've got plenty to go on with. Yeah. So anyway, he turned up with these greeners and his boot was full up. And, and I already had loads and loads of them. And mm. uh, I thought, well, I'll start making boxes and... Put them all in order, and, yeah. and anybody want to know anything, I can just go to that box and incredible. And know where where the date is. Incredible,
1: and then the green one picked back up, didn't it, in the nineties?
4: And yeah, hang... it was on a Monday then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It finished in seventy nine. It started up again in the nineties. Yeah.
1: Wow, fantastic. So I've got
4: I've got a lot of those as well.
1: So the Facebook group seems to be growing all the time. Yeah. And have you got a a sort of schedule, or is it just as and when you post stuff up, or?
4: Well, I um. I always put pictures on from the green on, but mm. I've, I've been through all of them now, right away from 63 right up to 79, picking out all the uh, photographs that are in there. Yeah. And you, you come across things that it, it reminds you of years mm. ago. Mm. And and when I put them on, people come back on there with a comment, oh, you brought back so many wonderful memories. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, so they keep asking me to put more on, yeah. you know. So I started all over again now because there's, there's people joining all the time and they haven't seen what was going Yeah, because that's
1: how it works. You know, that's how I found out about it was someone tagged me from a picture of myself or a headline or something like that. Um, and it's I guess it's the, the amateur side of things yeah. as well. You know, it was the Suburban League and all of those images you put up and then it just... Someone tags someone, then yeah. they follow, and you never know what's going to pop up.
4: No, we got people from Australia oh. and, and America, you know, commenting on it and saying, wow. oh, wonderful, it brings back so many memories. So it's, it's nice to do, and yeah. you get some lovely comments from mm. people.
1: And what the best thing about this is, there's, there's literally nothing in it for you. You are doing this to bring back memories to people. Oh, it's and a labour of fantastic. love. Yeah, yeah, it's
4: fantastic, you know, because... You forget a lot of lot of the things that you did years ago, and then it all comes back to you mm. when you start reading about it and yeah. the people that you knew that are not with us anymore. Mm. But uh, we do these reunions now with for- former footballers, and uh, so
1: how does that work? When are when are they yearly or?
4: Well, we've been trying to do it uh, every six months. Okay, so uh, we started off at the Swan uh, at Hanham, mm. and we we got quite a good following there, mm-hmm. and then um, people from the other side over the. Uh, city side of it, they they wanted to get all their uh, players together. So mm. we ha- we have the Severn Vale Balls Club, um, right. and we we've got uh, people like Jatson Derek, and mm. Mike Gibson turn up there. And you know we have we have a really good evening.
1: Brilliant! Oh, that's so so good, so fantastic. Please do keep that Facebook group going. Yes, um, I will. and yeah, some pictures came up. Um, from from John Atio's time and uh, loads of old pictures of Ashton Gate, and for someone who's really involved in history of Bristol City and very interested in that, it's fantastic. So a big thank you from, from me and from any everybody in Southwest Football really for uh, for keeping us up to uh, our memories up to date. it's like. a pleasure. Thank you very much. Cheers. Okay, right, let's get on to the game: Bristol City versus Nottingham Forest. The lineup, Matt, was O'Leary, McCrory, Tanner, Viner, Dickey, Pring, James, Knight, Gardner, Hickman, Conway, and Mometty. We knew that Joe Williams was going to be out uh, suspended and also that Scott Twine would be cup tied. So, uh, your thoughts on that starting lineup?
2: No surprises. I think probably.
1: Um... The
2: majority of City fans would, would have thought that would be the lineup. Um So, yeah, I, I, that was exactly what I expected because of, as you say, Scott Twine and uh, Joe Williams
1: being unavailable. So, yeah, it was um, what I expected. Yeah, and for you, Paul, obviously on the bench as well, there was a first appearance, I think, for Tommy Backwell. Uh, so another player coming through the academy. I'm not sure that he's been on the bench before, but uh, great to see. Uh, on in, in addition to that, Bajic, Roberts, King, Knight Labelle, Backwell... Uh, Nelson Bell Wells and Cornick.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say, no, no real surprises at all. I think you know we're clearly set to play this way in the short term anyway, with a with three at the back and the wing backs. Um, I guess we could have changed it with Twine being out, who's clearly been bought to play in that, well, not bought, loaned to play in that, that one of those two number ten roles we had. Yeah, no,
2: very much as expected. Yeah. It's interesting, Paul, on Twine. Um, there was a little bit of a rumor going around last week that he picked up an injury. Yeah, um, I heard that. And yeah. we're kind of waiting to see how serious it was. <clears throat> Subsequently, um, I think some. Well, I've heard that it was a, a a sort of tight quad. So hopefully, nothing more than that. But um, then the jokes were that it was a bit of a twinge. But yeah, oh, which okay, is terrible, good. isn't it? But very. very hopefully, good. he's fit for for cough because uh, I think his first show in, and if he's then been able to train, um, you know, you can see that. There's a, a real player in there, and uh, I yeah. think he's gonna. He would make Tommy Conway
1: far more potent at the moment than the sort of service Tommy's getting. So yeah, fingers crossed. Matt, that sort of back five, if you like, uh, the McCrory, Tanner, Viner, Dickie, Pring, do you, that's quite settled, I'd say. But if Sykes comes back in, then McCrory and Tanner could be fighting for that same spot. Potentially. Yeah. Put, put, well, I, I guess the the, goes I mean, into the front three.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't see Sykes coming in for Tanner playing right of the three at the back that he's doing um, from no. a McCrory McCrory point of view. Um, I think Hayden Roberts now has a chance in the the next cup game. I don't think he has start against golf, but obviously Cam Pring suspended for the replay. Um, so Hayden Roberts will have a chance to stake a bit of a claim. So yeah. at, at least it gives us, it's ironic, isn't it? Cause we were all saying in previous regimes about, um, you know, not playing three at the back and moving, in. And now actually, they look really comfortable george tanner looks like standing playing yeah. back there because he oh, hasn't so got to worry so much about going forward has he so you know we've got these options now and and absolutely sykes coming back in i think gives you probably more of a goal threat going yes. forward um yeah. but i i've already said it mccrory is turning into a bit of a cult hero for me I'm, i love love his style lovey sort of scott attitude and yeah i think he could be i actually think he could go on to be a captain for us and oh, no, i probably shouldn't say that because last time i said that it was taylor moore um but <laughs> I, I do I, I think he looks brilliant mccrory so you know and it, it's one of those things patch and pull in it that when you get those players back rob atkinson coming back and i mean at the moment rob atkinson's not walking back into that side fit is he no because they're playing so well and that's what you want you want the team to be playing well, but if there's a dip in form, someone comes yeah. in
1: and they've got to keep the shirt, haven't they? There's some great competition coming up, Paul, and, yeah. and lots and lots of games coming up as well now. With that replay thrown into the mix as well. You've got um, as I say, it's not necessarily Macquarie and Tanner that if Sykes comes in, he could go in up, up to in that front three as well. Uh mm. so with the with the amount of games coming up and the fact that Twine still will be cup tied, um for the for the replay, so there's there's plenty of options and and permutations that you can throw into the mix.
3: Yeah, and I think with a bench of nine, you you, you ideally wouldn't have, the like, of Tommy Backwell and Renelson, N- N- on the bench. If you're pushing to get higher up the league, I know you want to always give youngsters time, but if you know two or three of those guys, and even Andy King, arguably, were replaced by Atkinson, Sykes, um, know yeah, whoever it, whoever's coming back in, it's it's good to see. And I think you know there always will be injuries. You know, we've had probably. I hate to say we've had quite a good run in the last five, six weeks actually, where most people have been available the whole time despite the number of games. So there will be one or twos here and there, a little muscle pull or something. But yeah, maybe even one or two are playing with an injury where when you've then got players back, you can obviously you know rotate as you need to. And certainly we'll yeah, you'd think we'll bring Twine and Williams back in on Tuesday. We've got another game on Friday night and then another game probably for Wednesday, I think to playing on a Sunday afternoon. So, I'm so yeah. guessing yeah. it might be a Wednesday. Uh, but yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's been very busy, and it's you know, you're going to continue to be very busy whilst we're in
1: the Cup, for sure. Excellent. Right. Okay, let's get into the minutes then. Uh, first note I've got, Matt, is the Viner run forward. He Viner comes forward, takes on three players, spots a run of Tommy Conway, but Tommy's right foot shot is blocked. A uh, couple of bits on that. Great to see, obviously, as, as one of the back three, we're still seeing those players bursting forward. Viner was absolutely flying through, takes on those three men. Uh, he could have even had a shot himself, but he opts to do that sort of, you know, reverse pass to Tommy Conway. Uh, and yeah, his shot is blocked.
2: Yeah. Um, I think again, you see, you see a centre half in the Premier League doing that. Um, they'll be showing it on Sky News and stuff. So I thought it was, it was a, a brilliant little run from, from Zach. Like you, I'd like to have seen him taking a shot. Um because Zach's got a, a, you know, he has got a, a shot on him. He, he pings balls left, right, and centre, doesn't he, a lot of the time? So um, I think the shot was on, but also understand why he played Tommy in. It was perhaps a little bit wide, in, um, even if it had not been blocked. I don't, I think the keeper's probably saving it anyway, but it was,
1: it was good. It was a good move from from Zach. Yeah, Paul, your thoughts on that? And also a couple of minutes later, McCrory kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, I think when, when Bynum went through, you kind of,
3: Took half a second look up and see, check who it was because you just didn't imagine <laughs> it could possibly be Zach Viner looking like Lionel Messi gliding past defenders. But it was a great run. And it was, you know, I think you, what you need at the earliest part, early part of the game just to get the crowd going, which really did work. I thought McCroy did, you know, t- touched on earlier. I thought he stepped off the line nicely all night. He's not, he's not going to be like psyched in the way that he bombs down the, the line and gets crosses in, but he, he comes inside very yeah. lightly. And he's so strong on the ball, it's hard to get him off it. And that obviously then, Opens up changes of shape and change of formation. Who's going to go out wide then? If he's coming in, who's going to go out, outside him? But yeah, very, very positive start. I thought we saved control the first 15, 20 minutes
1: nicely and comfortably. And the pressure started to tell all his chances. Yeah, 23rd minute, Paul. It's uh, Pring setting Mometi away down the left hand side. Good ball cross. Conway fires it wide, right footed. A couple of uh, schools of thought there are that um, he could have taken it on his left. He did go for it on his on his right, um, but yeah. It n- nevertheless, we're creating openings and opportunities.
3: We were. I thought and Mometi in the first half were outstanding down that left hand side, um, and I think I I got a funny feeling that there was just a tiniest of touches before Conway took a shot. I don't know if it was. It, looked, it certainly skewed more towards him, which would fit how he went wide of a post. I don't think it quite came onto him. How he thought. Yeah. Uh, but that was certainly a clearer chance, certainly a clearer chance than the one where Viner passed it into him. Um, probably didn't mm. quite realize quite he had enough time to take a touch and get it down because you'd expect someone to be sort of clattering into you. Um, but yeah, we were we were so definitely on top. Um, I thought the same of Meti up against a, a World Cup winner in the first half down that sort of left flank was just absolutely as equal, if not better, than him in the first half. Although, to be fair, I thought, um Montiel did actually quite well to contain him because he was flying. He was absolutely flying at times. He did he did quite well to minimise his effect.
1: Yeah, Matt, that chance for for Tommy it was more of a controlled, placed shot than uh, than anything else. I just think I mean again I've I've been interest people saying
2: um, you know he should have took it with his left, but I think with the ball coming across like that and him running in is is the body shape is naturally to try and hit it with your right foot and almost go a, away from the keeper as we've seen him do a number of times so i think he took the right option um he possibly even caught it a bit cleaner than, yes. than he expected yeah um because it's you know yeah he's it, it, opening his body out and he's trying to, to to feed that ball in so um and the was strong there to 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 get across Is sort of within the challenge and get the ball over so yeah i thought tommy was a little bit unlucky and it's you know all right again people will flip it and say because i'm a, a massive tommy conway fan but you know i am I'm, I'm hearing and seeing such rubbish about tommy and um you know his finishing and things like that we know what a finish of tommy conway is but if you're only getting one or two chances a game it's very difficult now in the games against west ham he was absolutely clinical um so you know he he, he had those one chances and took them um so yeah, it was a good, it was a good move, and and I thought he did everything right in terms of what he was trying to do. Just just didn't get the right connection for it. But also, yeah. only in the second season, isn't he? I mean, it's easy
3: exactly, to that, but yeah, you know, yeah. lots of players have a really tough second season. And I think he yeah. probably had a spell when he first came out from injury. If that was the case. Yeah. but I think at the moment he's he's playing very well, and he's, he's enjoying yeah. the extra support a bit further forward. I think he's enjoying uh, whatever Manning's asked him to do in terms of patterns and how he how he works wider and, and gets more involved in the game and. As you say, yeah, you know, some of the top forwards you see, you often get three or four chances a game, and they might score one or two, and that's why they're top. But he's yeah. not getting three
2: or four normally. Well, you, you you flip it the other way and look at the other end of the pitch. A guy who's got a Premier League hat trick this year. What did Chris Wood? I mean, I, I thought he looked quite good, Chris Wood, but he yeah. didn't really do anything. And when he had then a free header in the six-yard box, that we, you know we'll talk about. So
1: it's more easy a, selling a back pass to Max that one. <laughs> well, yeah,
2: but you know, Tom is a young man and. Yeah. When I when I'm hearing things, absolutely. If, if he's not going to sign a contract, then you will take what money you get for him. Um, but like we talked last week, when I'm seeing figures of like seven million for from Celtic in, um, yeah, probably in terms of his form right now, seven million would be a good good amount of money. Yeah, more than a good amount of money. Hmm. But that's not what you're paying for with Tommy Conway. You would know where this lad can potentially go. So, you know, I'm I'm absolutely I. I Pray to God he signs a new contract, and we see him for many more seasons. Because I, I do genuinely think there's a in the championship a twenty twenty five goal player yeah. in there.
1: Okay, at thirty fourth minute, it's the second booking in in a few minutes for Nottingham Forest. Uh, first of all it's Ryan Yates getting a, a book in and then a Dominguez and they were both for pulling back first one was pulling back Cam Pring and then the second one Mometi Paul we were causing them real problems and they were resorting to just pulling us back pulling us onto the floor yeah definitely so
3: both down the left hand side again you know down that flank with his two players um you know, I think well Pring obviously showed against West Ham how good a player he is and how Improved, he is, especially in the last month or so as well. I think from a, yeah maybe a slightly slow start to the season, but when he gets going, it's very hard to stop him. And you know even showing Premier League Premier League defenders are struggling to stop him, which will raise a few uh, notes amongst the scouts certainly out there. Um, how good he how good and physically was, but they were they, they looked a bit they looked all at sea I thought a little bit at that point in the first half. We mm. were we were dominant. We were on the ball. We were the only ones really showing any threat attacking. Um, and they were look they looked like they were really struggling to. Sort out what they were doing. I think it made three or four, three or four changes. Maybe maybe four or five. Well, it, so. it was those.
1: It was those two players, Dominguez and Yates, that came off at halftime. Yeah. Um. For Morgan Gibbs White and uh, Nico Williams, so they clearly wanted to get that sorted out. Down, down our mm. right, down our left, their right. Okay, yeah, they did. Watch-
3: you know Morgan Gibbs-White's clearly their, you know, number one player yes, in that sense. Yeah. I think he certainly had a lot of control in the second half. But yeah, they were they were genuinely struggling. Yeah, you know, genuinely, genuinely struggling, and that's you know testament to how well Pringham and Matty
2: were playing in that first half. And you're talking about a player in Morgan Gibbs-White that I think was. Twenty-five million plus another fifteen or so. Forty-two on it in total. Yeah, it, in it? add-ons. So, like, yeah. you know, from that point of view, to be able to bring a player like that, Nico Williams, who came up through Liverpool Academy, and mm. um, so yeah, and and the, the point around bring, I mean, I not to say I've been critical of him, but I was saying that he he hadn't hit the form from last season. Mm. The last month, he's been outstanding, absolutely mm. outstanding. Um, and I would be amazed if we don't receive inquiries now, mm. um, but, but certainly in the summer. Um, because yeah, he's at, he's at the top of his game at the moment. He
3: admitted that himself in the radio afterwards. Actually, he said oh, did that, he sort you of know, said something like, "I feel I'm getting back to my best form from last season now in um, the last right. in the last six weeks or so." Yeah, so he's yeah. he's obviously been aware or been told
1: that he's not yeah. quite on it in the same way. Okay, at uh, forty-third minute, it's Forrest break in with Chris Wood. He finds Hudson a in space, but his pace, uh it's sorry, his pass is a is a touch heavy and it gives James chance to, to come back and close down. He pulls it back though to Danilo, who has a great opportunity and bends his shot wide, Paul. That was a really good opportunity for Forrest. And you just thought after all of the control and possession we'd have. Right at the end of the first half, you kind of expected that to go in, but it hits yeah. the hits the stanchion at the back that holds the net up and bounces along the goal. Forest fans said a break, but no goal. Yeah,
3: it was one of those in the first half. You could tell as the half went on, you were hearing more and more comments around Jim stand saying, we've got to take advantage here. We've got to get one now. <laughs> we're on top. You know, you, you, sort of, you say, you know, it's likely to happen. It could happen. And. Uh, I, thought, I thought Danilo was quite a good threat, actually. He didn't necessarily have the best game all around, but certainly going looking in terms of shots, he was always in and around the mix. Um, but yeah, we we again, we worked tremendously hard. I think it's easy to point a finger and say, why did you work that hard against West Ham and not as far as not as hard against Preston or whoever? But I get that's the nature, isn't it? You know, to Majorstone work as hard as they did yesterday in every game, you know, when they're playing... Yeah, Dorking or whatever it is, they're playing next. The Oval, I think, are actually playing next, to be fair, actually. I think <laughs> you know, they've got a they, game
2: against AFC Punjab. They were I yeah, on the and I was local like, in local cup. Wow,
3: it's just, yeah. <laughs> but if that's what happens in the cup. That's what, you know, you talk, we do, you know, most clubs do raise their games when they play these bigger teams. It's a bigger occasion, it's a bigger spotlight, it's a, it's a chance to really get yourself pumped up. So it does happen. Um, but we were, again, just tremendously hard working, I thought, on
2: Friday night. I've got to save patch, sorry, well, on that one, because obviously I'm watching, I'm watching it on the phone. <laughs> as he hits it, and then he runs away, kind of holding his hand, but because I'm watching it on like a little screen, I'm thinking, oh, bloody hell, he scored right at <laughs> the death like that. So I was convinced they'd scored, yeah. and it was only then, watching, obviously seeing it back, but
1: yeah. Well, just Good after up. that, there we had a chance as well. So TGH corner, 45 plus one, and Jason Knight meets it with a really nice cushioned header as we've seen many times, Matt, that he gets up, well, almost almost over the ball, but in, in yeah. line with the, with the crossbar, and it just goes over the top.
2: Yeah, really good delivery. Um I don't think he necessarily knows how close he is, because he's kind of heading it and carrying on his momentum. Um Under the bar, I'm not sure if the keeper is going to save it anyway, but it was hit. Or well, it was headed with um, with power and, yeah, just a little bit unlucky, wouldn't it?
0: Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cripps Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today.
1: Okay, halftime summary from Rob, uh, sponsored by RB Spoke Quizzes. Follow them over on Facebook. Uh, Not many chances for either side, but if you were watching, you'd pick us as the better side. Noticeable that out-of-possession play is more condensed than we have it, which suggests they're more concerned about our pace than we are with theirs. We just need to be mindful of their second ball runners. Overall, an even game that we've shaded. Let's hope we can find the magic moment that proves crucial. Okay. into the 62nd minute now, it's Tanner carrying the ball into the box, puts an inviting ball into the middle, which Mometti nearly gets on the end of, but it just lacked a bit of conviction from Anis there, Paul. Uh, Mm. Tanner did really well, really well to get into the box and and find Mometti. And it it just, it just needed a, a lucky poke or something just to get it towards the goal.
3: Yeah, I think that that was probably the chance. If you really look back at it, I think you know he it, if he put himself out, he would have scored, or at least he'd have got a better shot in and, and given himself a chance. But whether it's conviction, whether it's I don't know if it's the defender putting him off or or what, but you just you just you kind of feel like you just want to throw everything at that, whatever it is, whether it's a knee or a shin or something. It's just something it's going to come off something and it's going to go in, isn't it? And it I, I suspect he was trying to be a little bit more. Um, you know nuance from that, then maybe we would be on a park football pitch. <laughs> but he was probably trying to, you know, guide it in the side of his foot. But yeah, it was, it was a great opportunity. He really was right in front of Garwick. It would have taken a
1: lot of effort to not go in on target if he'd managed to get something on it. Just on that, Matt Tanner coming forward, Viner coming forward earlier on. I think Dickie even had a chance to to come forward at one point as well. These are our three centre backs that are getting into these positions.
2: Yeah. Um. And it's, it's what Liam Manning continues to preach about, about being brave, the behaviours. Um, it's a style of football that's enjoyable to watch. I don't, I don't care what anybody thinks about, you know, what's gone before. And Liam Manning's style, I think, is is quite exciting. And, I, and I'm really, I'm, I'm buoyed with what the rest of this season could bring. But with a summer, with a pre-season, with new sign-ins, I think the future looks really bright, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, know, uh, yeah, I said about George Tanner, and he's one of those players, George Tanner, that um, because he's not so expansive going forward, has got a little bit of stick from quite a few fans, especially on on the forums and stuff. But defensively. He is right up there in this league. Um, mm. Very rarely gets beat. And when you do see him to start come forward, and Paul's point about Tommy, he's still a really young man. You know, this is a lad that came from what, Carlisle? And I know he'd been on, you know, Man United's sort of academy, etc. But he's still a young lad who's learning his trade. And I think he's he's only going to get better under Liam Manning. So, yeah, it's, it's great to see Patch. Absolutely brilliant when you see your your defenders bringing the ball out. And ironically, Rob Dickey... I probably thought we'd, seen f- we'd see a few sort of long-range shots and things, and we're not really seeing that, so that might still be to come. Mm. And we've got Rob Atkinson, who we know loves to bring the ball forward. So, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's good to watch.
3: I think with three at the back can be seen as defensive, can't it? Oh, you're sticking yeah. five, five defenders back. But it's how you play... I've heard Manu say yeah. it, and it's, he's, he's almost said for, formations are becoming less and less important in football as you go through, oh. and I think they are, but it's, it's not about formations, it's about where you are on a pitch, I know it sounds like it's the same thing, but it's not, it's not the same thing, and um, I think if you looked at what um, Chris Wilder did with Sheffield United when they went out with the overlapping centre-backs, you can see that that might be what we could potentially do with the players we've got, Dickey could certainly do that, McCrory if he played right centre-back, which I don't think he will, but he could certainly do that job coming out and... Yeah. Becoming almost an extra auxiliary midfielder when we've got the ball and going forward. Um, and I say it's about patterns of players, about who does what, but most teams only play one up front. So if you if you have got three centre backs, you can afford for one to go roaming as long as you know Matty James or Joe Williams or whoever is sitting in is aware that they've gone. And it's about just how you do it and how you shape a team when you've done it and and recover if you need to. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, then we see a substitution. We see uh McCrory coming off. And, and Sam Bell coming on. And straight away, Paul, Sam Bell was, was into it. I think it was a really good, another really good showing from, from Sam Bell for, for the half an hour or so. And, he, yeah, he gets a chance straight away, more or less.
3: Yeah, I think, again, McCroy did well. Got an extra five minutes this time from the standard hour. Um, but Bell, again, I think Bell's looked, I thought he was fairly poor, to be honest, for the last sort of two, three months of the year. Last year, I thought he was off, way off the pace you Know probably deservedly lost his place in the team, unfortunately. But I think when he's seemed to be a little bit re- more reinvigorated the last three or four weeks, when he's been coming on, he was he was excellent against West Ham. Um, and yeah, he showed a threat and he's got pace, but it almost suits him, doesn't he? He's got the pace if he can come on against a tiring defender, it possibly suits his game a little bit more than starting right now, and in, in terms of how he plays. But he was, he was, he was good, and it, it's one of those. And the defender thinks, Oh, you know, we've got a big guy who we've, 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 we've struggle to cope with all goal game and then you've got some little nippy lad who's gonna mm. knock it past you and run and and it's yeah you just don't want to see it deal as a fullback.
1: In this formation, Matt, I I don't want to keep using the word formation because we're trying to get away from that. But if we're gonna play with these three up front with Conway being one, uh Sam Bell is a goal scorer. Um you know Twine is a goal scorer. You've got Sykes is a goal scorer. So there's there's definitely goals and, and Sam Bell can play in that role but he's coming on in the more sort of more of a McCrory wingback type role at the moment.
2: Yeah. Um I think that's that's the next conundrum isn't it is is how we um get the best. Yeah, we, we get the best and and offensively we we create more chances. That said, I mean it was only what a month ago that we're putting four past Watford, three past Hull. Um, So it wasn't like we weren't creating, but I do, I do think twine will give us something different. Um, It will be really interesting to see what happens up until Wednesday. Um, Whether anybody comes in again, um, various comments from people that um, apparently are in the know um, that, you know, we'll we'll have um, potentially a centre mid coming in creative mid Um, the striker, Option seems to be something that's being talked about is more likely to be in the summer and i don't i don't think we will pay over the odds i mean i think probably do pay over the odds anyway in january but we're not going to go stupid with it um but i i, I don't know I, i'd still like to see a two up front at times but like an out and out two. i mean i know jason knight has been joining in and as you say sam bell will come across but kind of an out and out two. and i, I do think kind of a physical player at the top of the pitch is what we need but then i'm seeing that we're being linked with um macaulay longstaff from knots county and he he strikes me as a similar player to tommy you know he's a i mean he's an absolute goal scorer but i'm not sure that's that sort of player that we need i don't know it's yeah it'll be interesting to see but i'd like to think we will make at least another signing um in the window because I do think we probably need something because, you know, TGH now suspended for the replay as well, so
1: although Joe Williams will come back in, that does leave us light, doesn't it? Okay, 73rd minute, it's uh, Cam Pring shooting wide from a, a short corner routine, it was Mimetti to TGH to Cam on the edge of the box uh, and Cam kind of, it, it, his shot it drags drags wide and if yeah. there's one area, Paul, that that we want to see Cam Pring improve upon uh, it's it's that that shooting, if you like, because he's great doing, coming forward, with his pace, he's strong, he, he catches the eye. But we've, we've early on compared him to the likes of Joe Bryan. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he, he just needs to improve his shooting.
3: Yeah, I think, I'm not quite sure we realize how much time he had actually on that one because he had an awful lot of time, which, you know, it's nice to see something, I assume it was off the training ground, like a proper sort of diversion one. Um, but he had, yeah, he had a huge amount of time. He, he had sort of three defenders, in he, closing him down, which probably maybe just caught his eye a little bit as he was hitting it and it naturally skewed away from him. But yes, if he absolutely. And you know, if there's another chance later on, we'll obviously talk about with him as well when he gets the opportunity. And if we were critical of Jada Silver about something, it would have been his, his crossing and his shooting and getting in that position and not doing it. And I think Campering is certainly a better crosser of all than Jada Silver was. Um, but shooting, yeah, he doesn't seem to quite have that knack of finding the target often enough. Um, although you say that if you were scoring five or six goals a season, you'd probably be in the
1: Premier League already as well. So maybe yeah. we don't want him scoring too many. Either. Very good point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they, when players are complete players, Matt, that's when they get that that push-up. Well, the it's, it's, it's the different,
2: differential for me between
1: Cam and Joe Bryan
2: and the likes of Mickey Bell and Darren Barnard it is is the goal-scoring aspect to it. Um, but absolutely, if he, if he you know, he gets another sort of um, four or five goals a season. He's probably not playing for us, is he? So He's
1: currently uh, on two, two goals, two is it? goals yeah. for City. One last season, one was
2: away at Rotherham when we were there for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um,
3: yeah, I just First, also expect to right. see him as more a threat from corners and set of pieces as well. He's got such a good yeah. leap on him in the middle of a pitch when he leaps for a ball, no one no one outleaps him, and he, he never quite
2: seems to be on the end of a corner or a he, free kick. You, you almost need him, Paul, don't you, as being the runner that's coming in because, yeah. With the kicks from Max, when Max plays the kicks not really wide, but just sort of 10, 15 yards in from the touchline, Cam probably win, wins 80% of those balls against the defender because yeah. he's running onto yeah. it. Um, yeah, that 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 effort, Like I totally agree with Paul again. I think he had more time and he hit it like my six iron. It just ended up slicing horribly wide, didn't it? <laughs> but he almost needed to curl it as opposed to strike across yeah. it like
1: that, didn't he? But, yeah. uh, 77th minute, Conway off, Wells on, and Mameti off Cornick on and Cornick straight into it again on the 84th minute he breaks forward a real turn of pace from Harry Cornick he, he gives it into to Campering who shoots and hits the side netting now hindsight's a wonderful thing I'm watching the replay it's easy to say it now but if Campring dummies that Naki Wells is in on goal Paul mm. it
3: was a great break wasn't it and I've seen some comments say that people don't think Harry Cornick's quick I think he is quick over that sort of distance I think Maybe with five yards, he's not the quickest. He's not a sort of Conway in that sense. But I think over a distance, he's pretty he is pretty quick and pretty strong. It was... Uh, again, Cam said on the radio afterwards, he, didn't, he, he was... What did he say? He didn't wrap his foot around it. He was told he should have let it run under his feet or under his legs. So he... Someone already, by the time he's in, been interviewed afterwards, given him some technical advice <laughs> yeah. as how he should have shot it, which I guess is a good thing. he's it's fresh and he'll know what to do next time. But again, you just... I guess in that situation, as we just said, you sort of, you would hope there was someone else there, but the fact it was Pring in the 85th minute, running the length of the pitch to be on the end of a the chance, says an awful lot about him too.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just one of the, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm hoping Naki Wells is screaming at him to, to let it go um, through the legs because then he's he's in, but again, he's in the position it, mate.
2: It's one of those though, Patch, when you watch it back, I don't know there's enough pace on the ball that the defender doesn't get a challenge in. Mm. So it's not a tap in for Naki Wells. Um I thought Cam did everything right in terms of his, his first touch, the way that he knocks it, he just can't get if he if he could get his foot across it so that it goes the other side, there's no way the keeper's saving it. But Paul's point around the 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 fact that the the, the speed that he ran, again watching it back, Harry Cornick's second or third touch takes him wide. Mm. If you could have taken that more centrally, you kind of wonder whether Cornick might have had an opportunity himself. But because the touch takes him wide, he has only really got the ball. And actually, it's a really good ball, the way that it's sort of played back. Yeah, um, And yeah, again, watching it on my phone, I'm thinking we've scored there because, you know, the angle is where it is. But yeah, good good move and good to see us playing like that right up to the end.
1: Yeah. Uh, towards the end of the game, there was a chance for, for Forrest. Um, I think it was a free That's kick. Was it a free kick? Oh, as there was well? a free
3: kick that went There was a one as well, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a
1: cu- couple of chances, and you've just had shades of that that game um, when when Forest came from behind. Yeah, with one. Lyle and, Taylor, three yeah, two was it? It was two one two
2: one. Nineteenth of October. He, had a pair, didn't he? he got two in the last sort of injury time, didn't he? Yeah, nineteenth yeah. of October,
1: twenty twenty one, and that that game. You know. Did he have pink hair that night because yeah, of a breast right. cancer awareness thing or something, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, but you just you just thought, oh god, here we go. This is this, this is yeah. this is him. But we rode it out and um and we lived to fight another day. So it looks like Wednesday the seventh of February, although it's not confirmed yet. I don't think. Uh, no, can't see it coming through no, yet. But yeah, uh, it's looking like that because I think Forrest play Bournemouth on the Sunday. So yeah,
2: it'd be in. it'd be interesting though, Patch, because it, again you'll know what the draw is. So yeah. from Forrest's point of view, you know, if Forest with the greatest respect, get... Um, Maidenhead. Maid, Maidstone.
1: Maid, Maidenhead. Maid, Maidstone, yeah. <laughs> where's, Maid, but, where's Maidenhead come
2: from? <laughs> if they get Maidstone or, again, a, a tie that you would, you know, at, at home that they would fancy, he's probably going to go fairly strong because the other aspect is they have got this um, FFP thing hanging over them that... Mm actually might make survival in the Premier League really really difficult um so it might be that this is a trophy that they would they would want to go for and they should I do I do think there's an element and hopefully this doesn't come back to, to bite me but Nuno is quite defensive isn't he he sort of sets yeah. up well organized um so you know we, we've we've got a real opportunity and and we we know we should be able to go there and and show no fear with it so uh yeah it'll be interesting
1: okay right that brings us to the end of the game and uh and yeah an entertaining nil nil matt it was um and i think i think you put in the chat
2: um no one's happier than me really because obviously <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it does mean i get but l- luckily i did get to watch it so that that was a bonus <laughs> yeah. um i need uh your two scores
1: oh blow me. um it's like 6.92 okay okay seven seven oh four right, hang on. Is the draw today, is a question I've just had. Yes, two o'clock. Two o'clock? Oh, is it two o'clock,
2: is it? Before Liverpool, the Libra story was. (laughs) (laughs) Just as balanced, good result for them there yesterday. (laughs) Um, Yes. Uh, Interesting that um, Collins is
3: rumoured to be off as well, isn't it? Yeah, he didn't play. Did or oh, Alex Pritchard Sunderland yesterday refused to play. Yeah, he?
2: and and I know a fair few of our fans were um, talking about it. I mean, he's he's clearly going to be going to Birmingham, isn't he? Looks like it. Yeah. yeah, you would think, wouldn't you? But yeah, right. Okay, so rating wise, we've got a uh, uh, an average score from everybody that um, put a score in of six point eight six, uh, and that ranges from Roger Memory. Going with 5.80, which 0 nil against Premier League, a bit of harsh, <laughs> Roger, I think. Um, down to Chris Chard. You can always guarantee Chris is always going to be the one that's at the, the high end of the scale, Chris. I love <laughs> your positive uh, at, at 7.97. Um, Now, obviously, because I was uh, in between mains, or starters, mains and desserts and numerous ciders and tequila roses and... <laughs> vodka and cakes and god knows what um i didn't get to see all of it as attentively as i would do so it was down the gate yeah. so please challenge accordingly on these um so max i went six um i didn't think max had really too much to do and what he did was was comfortable i actually thought his kicking was, was his distribution was pretty good mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I went six for max
1: yeah um, so on that one first of all yeah um yeah. Yes, there was no worldy saves that we've seen clean sheet against a, a a forest side, and and I I think he, he seemed to be a little bit more commanding as well than he mm. has been in previous games. So so I'm I'm airing on a seven
3: for Max. I would say there were two or three balls that sort of popped up that he just yeah came and got and just made us made sure there were no issues at all. Yeah, so seven, Paul. Yeah, I'd probably go with a seven. I think for that. Yeah, yeah. That'd it be gave that. us an surety. Yeah.
2: Happy with that. Um, so the three, the three, if you like, at the back, um, I've gone, um, I actually went three eights. Um, and, and it is, it's difficult because you are still talking about playing against Premier League opposition. So this isn't really what you would expect week in, week eight. This is having to step up a level. Mm-hmm. But I thought all three, if, if I was going to be kind of, right, I'll go sev- sevens, george tanner for me would have been an eight i just thought george was at a slightly higher level so i went three three eights in the end but kind of george you know was was the the better of the three but that could have been two sevens and an eight so i'll let you boys determine that
1: yeah i think two sevens and an eight for tanner personally um even though it is yes clean sheets uh obviously we know zach viner came forward as well and um there was the, the crossfield passes from, from both Dicker and Viney. Dicker and Viney? Well, Dicky, Dicko. And... Oh, <laughs> I Jesus. know, you
2: know, you know some of the players, but Dicko and Viney, that's a little bit, <laughs> isn't
1: it? <laughs> Dicky and Viner. Um, But yeah, for 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 an eight, for me, there has to be a a world class tackle going in or something, you know, something a little bit setting. setting I wouldn't say we heart. kept Chris Woodquo,
3: who got a hat trick against Newcastle. Two or three weeks ago, which he didn't yeah. really say he had a one half chance. Tanner, I agree with, I thought he was outstanding. Um, and even at Hudson Adoy, chance we just didn't, you know, at the end, yeah, he was the one sliding in and stopping him getting a clean shot away. He was still going right yeah. at that point. Um, yeah, yeah it took uh, probably not that it's very helpful. I'd say both probably seven
1: and a half, Viner and Dickie as well. <laughs> I just sort of put them <laughs> okay, all right, let's go three eights, Matt.
2: Okay, um, and then. In terms of the, the wing-backs, if you like, Ross McCroyer went eight. Um, and the reason for that is, again, you're talking about a lad who's coming back like he's come back um, and putting a shift. But yeah. there's there's probably a little bit element of romanticism with him as well. Um, so maybe a seven, I, but there yeah, was I eight. think a seven, personally. Yeah. A towards the seven more, I think, yeah. yeah. For, for
1: a player okay. in that position, a, a goal or an assist. A goal or an assist,
2: a, yeah. Well, yeah. so interestingly then, so Cam... Mm-hmm. I've gone nine to start with, and that I think I was, you know, when I was talking about it, I, I was <laughs> a few in. Um, I thought Cam was outstanding and the, the best player on the pitch. And I think from looking at the the club um, feed um, on X, he got mm. 57 or 58 and 9% of the, the votes. Yeah. Um, the fact he was racing up at the end, but didn't have a goal, didn't have an assist. So is that an eight and man of the match or...
1: Um so yeah yeah I think it's an 8 and man of the match for me Um if he scores that goal either of his chances mm. it's a 9 but then that
2: makes you think then well should Rob and Zach be 7s then because I thought he was clearly
1: this is a calibration uh, exercise yeah well there is there is <laughs>
2: yeah, <it> is, yeah. <laughs> so or do we go with all 8s but Cam's the differential is the man of the match I think Cam for me Kring and Tanner were the best two players yeah Let's go two 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 eights for those two and two sevens for Zach and Rob. Okay. And can gets man in the match? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Matty James, I went seven, and Jason Knight, I went seven, and Taylor Gardner-Hitman, I went seven. I thought all of them. You know, we had we had that dominance, and and Mm. for me, dominance comes from the center of the pitch. Um, disappointed with Taylor getting the booking. Um again another interview from him that just makes you love the bloke um you know to to talk about the club like he's already talking about it and what I, what I love is how he was also talking about the cleaning staff and the cooking staff and how all of them have made him feel welcome you sort of think it just shows again what a, a great lad he is but in terms of football yeah matt mattie james who um you know often gets underestimated but set I thought went three sevens for those 3 mm-hmm. um Anis, I was kind of um, a little bit not sure of. I, I went seven, and I think he was probably an eight first half in probably a six second half, hence the seven. Yeah. Um, but I thought, you know, your point, Paul, he's up against a World Cup winner and was the better player in the first half. So, mm. yeah, seven for him. Um, Tommy, I went six, worked hard, you know, had that, that effort. Um, it's not, you know... it's on on the balance of this, it makes it look like he was the worst player or whatever, but that's still, you know, obviously a, a, a good score. Um, and then Sam Bell coming on his sub. I thought Sam had an impact. Um, look, Lively could have had a goal. I wasn't sure whether it was a six or a seven. So I went six, but I'll let you boys. How many minutes that. do you have to play for your ratings?
1: So we always do. Um, well, oh, have to 65 minutes. Yeah.
2: So we, I think onwards. But with. It, injury time added on top so I think he wanted to come on 68 66
1: yeah I I thought you only only did it from the 65th minute onwards oh, yeah, I think you might be right actually yeah not, not <laughs> the injury time
2: <laughs> so forget Sam
1: yeah um, but, but so what, he, but he came on. on and made an impact
2: he did mm. yeah and that's what that's what you want in it mm. so on on that basis Liam Manning as well um, I went 7 for Liam I thought you know he's gone up against Prem we've got Neil Neil. um I think you got most things right from that point of view. It's an eight if we win the game, isn't it? So Mm. yeah, maybe a you know a a nine if it's two or three. Mm. So from an average point of view, uh, that averages out at seven point zero nine, and our closest is
1: Paul. Were you? uh, So Paul was
2: Paul was seven point (laughs) zero four. Ben Wiggins was seven point one two. Or... And un- unlike limitless Ant in deck you are allowed to go over on this so <laughs> um, yeah ben wiggins on 7.12 gets it so ben if you want to dm patch with your uh your address details we'll uh we'll get the three peeps merch off to you
1: absolutely yeah no good stuff okay um so well we're straight into the action again only two days time it's coventry Away uh, on on Tuesday at the Coventry Building Society Arena. So looking forward to that one. Uh, we'll have Twine, presumably if he's not got that twinge that back in the hey. back in the team. Uh, I don't think Sykes is ready to come back in yet, from what I heard. No, it's
2: it's it's an interesting. I I I, I heard um, what I said Ian Gay was saying that. He thinks Rob Atkinson will be back in contention, possibly for Coventry, but almost certainly for for Leeds, um, which I've, I've not seen that Rob's had much game time under 21-wise, so no. I don't know whether that will be the case. It's, Sykes seemed to have been back on the grass and very close, and now he seems to be a couple of weeks away again, so whether he's had a bit of a... Um, relapse. You know, a relapse, but yeah, it will, will be interesting. Plus let's see what, what happens between now and, and Wednesday in terms of the transfer market. Obviously not for Coventry, but certainly for Leeds. Um, we'll, I will say as well for, for um, Coventry, obviously you've had the whole thing with Casey Palmer, which was, was abhorrent, scandalous, um, and thankfully they've they've caught the idiot um, and yeah, hopefully the, the, the book gets chucked at him. Um, but Casey Palmer was being booed yesterday by Sheffield mm. Wednesday fans. And you're like, what on earth is going on in the world? There was one young lad, and I I ought to have looked to see what his name was, but gave a a present presentation to Casey Palmer after the game, a Sheffield Wednesday fan, which I thought was brilliant. Mm -hmm. But come on. So I really, really... Casey Palmer's likely to get booed from our fans anyway because the fact he played for us and he's now playing for Coventry. But I kind of hope on the back of what's gone on for him recently that maybe we don't do that.
1: Um, he certainly, he, you know. he certainly was uh, a cult figure when he was at, uh, exactly at Bristol that. City. Obviously, exactly the, the song yeah. and uh, yeah. some of some of those amazing assists that we saw from him. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, well, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll certainly give him a, a polite round of applause. I and let's hope that more people do than than would yeah. do as well. But uh, yeah, yeah, crossed. Looking forward to that one. Uh, we'll be back then on the Wednesday, I guess. How's how's the cricket going, Paul? Uh, we still need three wickets. but we
3: need 89 runs. We've been pretty slow going for the last hour. Christ, that's about the same when we started an hour ago, Yeah, it? it's not far off. Yeah, <laughs> we got about 12 runs in that time. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Right.
1: Okay, well, enjoy that. A uh, couple of FA Cup games coming up um, uh, today as well. So we'll be looking to, to enjoy that and see come two o'clock who we get in the next round or who we yeah. might have in the next round. But there we are. Right, Paul, thank you very much for joining us. Matt, no pleasure Thanks as you. always. Thank you, mate. Yep. Keep uh, following us over on X or Twitter at 3PiAPC. And a big thanks as well to Steve Suter for for spending some time with me uh, in in the week talking talking very nostalgically about lots of lots of different things. And the the Harry Bamford Trophy came up in conversation after we'd stopped recording, which was lost for forty years yeah. um, after it was, uh, it was it was saved from a fire and and uh, at Eastville. I want to say I can't remember where the fire was eastville maybe Park, um eastville Stadium, and then that would tie in. Yeah, and, and then time, it? it was found 40 years later under some stairs uh, at the Memorial Ground, I believe. So yeah, there was 40 years of of uh, of awards that had to be decided upon, and and Steve was pivotal in in making that making that happen, and it still gets awarded now to this day. So great stories from steve i hope you enjoyed that little little interview and uh, we'll be back soon take care everyone thanks for listening take care cheers all